my name on the back of my belt Believe there's a God to save me from hell And dirt roads are made for country boys like me They took her baby Don't believe in politically correct She had her baby If you want a piece of me CPS taker Better have a set A rifle and a four-wheel drive is all I need Okay, let's get me a rhythm January. Nelson's gonna let him bleed today. He's going in the shop. And it's good for you. Take your Tyramax today. President Business enveloped by a cloud of drones descending from the sky. That's the most disorganized. I would never let my kid read Chronicle SU. Jeff, I said Nelson's bleeding today. And I'll show it right to the camera. Stop it. <laughs> You want to do this right now? I write to the propaganda for the right wing. You are fake news. And I smoke in the weed. You're gonna get this Taramax out. We're gonna live a clean life. Yes, I go into a um, dissociative state because you're tuned in to Hate Radio, broadcasting all across the galaxy. Break out the Taramax and put your kids to sleep. Here's your host, Hate Set. 3.20 a.m. It's an early morning hate radio program. You don't get much earlier. We start this early for the people who have to get up and go to church. All right, let's start the show. Um, hello and welcome to an all-new Radio Hate with your host, Kilgore and Hate Sack. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Dr. Troubadour's Diet Advice for the Modern American Man. Available at a Rite Aid near you. You can pick it up while you're waiting in line for yeah, whatever. It's right there by the uh, register. Don't bother looking around the store. Just go to go to make that impulse buy at the last second. It's right there next to the revisionist history textbooks. Yep, tucked in between alien uh, autopsy and... Uh, Ancient aliens. But Troubadour is not into that shit. He just, um, he's just a good guy that likes to hang out. He's not too concerned with like what's happening in space and stuff. That's like, that's so far removed from what happened at his fraternity parties in college. That should be right <laughs> next to the National Enquirer, really. As far as what what should be next to the Inquirer, his diet advice, or the space stuff, all that shit about space. <coughs> I can't help but cough on mic right now. Radio Hate uh, is, for all intents and purposes, live on the internet. You can give us a call at 917 Six seven five four eight three six. We're going to talk about Vladimir Putin tonight. What do you think about that, Bill? What else? Well, aren't you happy to be talking about Vlad? They call him Vlad over there. Well, he's the prototypical far-right imperialist of the New World Order. And it's not in Russia... It's not the New World Order. In fact, 
that's the world order that was put in place directly as communism ended there. And that extremist, far-right, neoliberal, uh, even to the point of neo-fascists, rule is being spread faster than any ideology could be. There At is, this point, it's taking over every country. It's going country by country. Now, I heard that the Kremlin has a new law against undesirables. Yep. Overwhelmingly passed by Russian parliament that says they can arrest for um, people expressing patent disrespect for the government. How do you well, like that? Well, Donald Trump wants to make that illegal too. He said so publicly and out loud. This is a running theme. Several where... times. It should be. He said Saturday Night Live should be illegal. He said that. Mm-hmm. He probably really believes that because that's how far the ass is. Or well, the that's the kind of thing you don't ass. say as a joke when you're president. You yeah, don't you, joke don't... Around as well. <coughs> you don't. There's no joke there. Just spitball in here, but what if the press was illegal? Well, he said that too. This fake news ought to be illegal. Like, and just... By that, he refers to everything except hyper-friendly partisan media. We're just two good old boys on the internet uh, straightening out geopolitics for you. The idiot. We haven't even gotten to the geopolitical angle. Well, we did it for a second there, but we've been back out here well, in the states a, for a minute. This is a this is a bush we'll continue to beat around for the duration of this episode. Well, how about that Roger Stone, huh? He was saying that like like he would go on C-SPAN before the uh, before the debates, and he'd say, "This is just like Watergate." It's it's just like Watergate. It's like, yeah, dude, don't you remember how it just like in Watergate, everybody thought they had dirt on the other guy, and then everybody's getting arrested, and a president gets impeached, just like Watergate. Well, at the moment, there's two crises hitting the uh, Trump administration. Which he was involved in. He was involved in Watergate. Well, right now it's his... Uh, the lingering failure of his uh, wall deal. Number one, for the first thing, Mexico isn't paying for it. Nice. And they got to cover that up. Oh, no, man, you know, as they are appropriating the money for it. And what it's what not if Mexico just said, yeah, okay, we'll pay for it? And they well, went through with it. <laughs> that would be funny. But I'll try, you know, for the elite 37% of Americans who are devout Trump followers um, thereabouts it's okay Trump said it's not happening you know uh, Roger Stone has nothing to do with me it's uh, you know whatever he says is just the, the word that's the personality cult and action it doesn't matter how big or flagrant of a lie it is. It's truth to them. James Comey is a tall man. Very tall man. He can well, slam dunk. Is how tall he is. 
He really slam dunked Hillary, didn't he? <laughs> the fall of the Soviet regime in 91 decriminalized free speech. And um, old Vladimir Putin's rise to power was the end of pluralism on nationwide TV. Pluralism in Russia right now? I don't know about that. It's over. It's fucking over. Now they can arrest political opponents, whatever. Like when they did it under false pretenses and got them sick with poisons and stuff. They got him sick. <laughs> they they gave him something. Tommy, plug him up to that FEMA coffin and depressurize it. He's going in the ground. Well, let's let's say, here's the real plan. You want to know the real truth of what happened? The secret yes. truth? The WikiLeaks truth? The MagaLeaks? Well, the MagaFace MagaLeaks WikiLeaks truth is that Hillary, through her Pied Piper strategy, chose Donald Trump to be her opponent because she thought he was the weakest in the field. And it turns out that he was the strongest in the field, so she immediately tacked against the wind in a genius strategic move. By throwing the election, she put a, the worst symbol of the worst of the right up on display for the world. And meanwhile, they were um, grooming Alexandria, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to be the next president. And in 2020, they're going to put her up, put her through. And yeah, I kind of have a feeling her meteoric rise to fame is like, she's on fast track to president, man. Well, she was set up by Hillary to begin with. And this was her pivot after Trump turned out to be popular. And it was on purpose. It was on purpose. Yep. And now, when Trump gets... Uh, basically, he's what he's done is he's uh, pulled a Nixon on his original campaign instead of his second campaign. And... Uh, the the sad spectacle of Roger Stone there mimicking Nixon with his fingers out. I am not a crook, the most unbelieved and despisable of all he possible was, uh, political gestures to make at this juncture. Yeah, he may be a crook. He just basically admitted it when, with that gesture. I mean, how, how can you look at that any other way? Yeah, that's just rubbing it in your face. And um, like blowing his pot smoke in your face. And this is a provocation. That this is, was that was Bill Clinton's idea, I think. This is what the fuck are you gonna do about that it? That was that was the Clinton's work right there, framing that they, they're gonna go down like Nixon now because he did that. You're doing nothing about it. He doesn't even care. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. He's like, it's, I'm I'm taken care of. I'm a made man. What are you going to do to me? He throws up the double Nixon. Yep. That's Peace. what he does. Peace. I'm out, bitches. Headshots. He's clicking oh. on heads. That's right. One after the other in a nice chain. 
So, you know, this is what this is what you're dealing with. Let's uh, let's just take over the means of production for ourselves, like we know how to run it. Well, and own it for the public. The publicly owned military industrial complex. What would that look like? Well, first of all, we'd spend nine billion dollars on a uh, on a laser probe. And just probe everything with lasers. Well, you know how it works. This is something we can build now if we just put the money into it. And it's what it is is true. it's a is it's a miniature uh, spacecraft the size of a cell phone chip, like a thumbnail, right? And it's attached to this big solar sail. And we blast it with a big laser array, kind of like CERN, only focused on space, right? Yes. And we blast this solar sail, and we do have the material that can withstand the heat and transfer all the energy. And it shoots this motherfucker thumbnail off at about the damn speed of light, right? Yeah, that sounds cool. And we fucking get signals back 20 years later from our nearest stars, and we see... Who's out there fucking with us? Because you're zipping it so fast out into the. And this is a this is a, a fully de- designed and engineered thing that really just needs the money thrown at it to work. It's already out there. It's, it's going. Already, it's and already out there. Uma Uma. Uma Thurman was a was no you know the the bizarre object that came. From oh yeah, it was like a turd. It was proven to cut. They look. They painted it like a turd. That was the artist's depiction. This is a turd but, coming in. Big turd here's story. The thing. That was a turd of popular science um, journalism. I've read a very convincing opinion by a uh, certain uh, Harvard professor. I forget his name. Was it Dave? What's that? No, I don't know his name, but he was a Harvard professor of physics, and he said, um, "We've run and the fact if it was a cigar-like thing, it's much. It's a bizarre anomaly compared to if it's a solar sail. And sometimes it's and, just a cigar thing. No, it's a like solar Freud sail. Says. This guy said, 99% chance or more that it's a solar sail. Somebody said so, Freud." Are you saying that every t- that you you're dreaming about cocks that much? He goes, no. Sometimes it's ju- it's just a cigar. <laughs> like, don't, don't don't put that on me. Don't you turn that shit back around on me? Well, think about it. How is an asteroid going to be shaped like a cigar using the law of gravity? It doesn't make any damn sense. No, it would have to be a dick. It doesn't make any. Uh, it's a I big mean, cosmic dick penetrating our shit with their laser sails. It would solar sail lasers, itself, right? It would collapse just from its own gravity. It would eventually collapse down into a a clump. Yep. And uh, and so, then what would you have? Just a little clump of atoms. Yeah. No thanks. So this is. I need. If it's naturally formed, that means it's an insane kind of random crystallization. And not only that, but it's not only is it a super rare kind of crystallization, but it would have to be even more rare and one that was individually flung out of the solar system on a, you know, interstellar path. And what could that be? You know, you don't know. 
I guess that could be something, but my thought is this guy's right. It's probably was a solar sail of an old probe that had been uh, detecting us from a nearby star. They were just coming to check us out. And that's why we need to put those probes out. And, you know, if they're 20 years ahead of us, you know, that's a problem. Or if they're 100 years or Well, think about that. If they're just 100 years ahead of us, only that thin margin, they may already have um, the capabilities in computer science to overwhelm all our systems indefinitely. And that way they could send on a chip that would be ex- equivalent to the probe. They would be able to send, send a mal- the probe would send back data on us and they would design a horrible malware that would disable all our com- planet's computer systems. Through the fucking internet. Through this little chip that they that they shot with a laser. It took 20 years to get here. You know? And, yeah, they would only need to be nothing ahead of us. But in all likelihood, they, they if it is from another just civilization, ahead of us. they're just marginally vastly ahead of us. They could do that. Even just 100 years ahead of us could probably do this. And we're thinking... We should be thinking more along the lines of 10,000 years. Hundreds of thousands even. A stable Possibly. enough society. Possibly. You don't know. If just the physics of their particular fucking uh, solar system, I'd guess if they're the same basis as us, they would arrive at the same technology similarly, especially if they're at a nearby star. So, I mean, <clears throat> it may not be outrageous to think that everybody's kind of at the same level at least around here but it's say if they were along a different basis like on some ice cold planet where there's liquid helium that rains down and you know some some totally other basis what then they're probably way ahead yeah if or they live in behind. some horrible hostility like that right they That's could be they millions live. of years ahead easily if they're, they're still, on a totally different basis. You know, and are they still fucking and enjoying it and having fun, or is it just something else altogether? Are they getting squirted out of peachy dishes and stuff? You know, that's a question for Nemelka. I think the advanced humans uh, actually possess us and are our souls, and they use us as puppets for their own entertainment because they're so advanced that this is the simplification of, of their life's meaning. The mortal world. The mortal That's world. That's Nimalchism. But I don't believe that a damn bit. Of course, the seal portion is a sham. And all let's, his ideas are poorly wrought. No, let's not uh, mess with Christopher Nimalka because you know what happens when you mess with Christopher Nimalka. You don't win. Well, apparently when Christopher Nemelko messes with you, he doesn't win either. Well, he's... I mean, nobody wins. <laughs> Chris doesn't win. You but, still appeal it, though, all the way to the fucking Supreme Court of Idaho. Just, maybe beyond that. <laughs> Chris, just keep appealing it until they're just done with you. They throw up their hands and they're... He thinks he's going to beat the judge... 
by the like the judge registered a level of disgust with yeah. him. Yeah. If you read the papers, the judge had a came down with some personal bias against him after all the evidence was presented. I think he sided with the guy who was supposedly defaming his character. And the fact is, he was only revealing his character in a, uh, well, all the negative aspects of it. The judge saw right through this whole, I've got it figured out, man, bullshit, con game Chris is running. And you read about it in his blog, right, where he talked about using different characters on him. I was Chris, but now I'm going to be the messenger. Yeah. Now I'm going to wear the mask of the messenger. <laughs> and that, that'll, then I'll really beat that judge in the courtroom. Well, yeah, that's what he said. Like the judge is going to just shake his head and he's like, it's a logic I can't beat. Just slams his gavel, fucking dismiss. Get out of here, Chris. Go no, get him, well, son. We have a uh, message today from Barrett Brown's girlfriend, don't we? Oh, she. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh, if Barrett wants to talk to me, why does he send some his girlfriend? Tess, maybe he has you blocked, right? Well, I mean, if he really wanted to talk to me, he could unblock me. Arbin's Lola. She's probably constantly googling him. You know, I don't know what what that's. And she's like, what is this, Barrett? <laughs> Yo, Barry. You should send a message to Arbin's Lola. Have him call in right now. Have him call into the show if he wants to talk to us. The phone number you want is me to 917 675 4836. Barrett, give us a call. We'd love to have you. I'll have you I'll have a cup of Texas tea waiting. Right here on the mantle. How do, uh, dude, Vladimir Putin is in control of Donald Trump, our president. Donald isn't imposing sanctions. There's no deadline, he says. So he's like, fuck it, I'm not going to impose sanctions. All those GOP lawmakers who spent their Independence Day in Moscow on July 4th, they're just, like, it's such a blatant, um, in your face demonstration that hey look your legislators whatever the fuck you think about them where are they on july 4th that's right eight of them are out here at moscow right now that's how fucking in control of you bitches we are it's just it's so just out in the open so you know how dangerous is it to have the president um, be under control of somebody like Flatty Daddy Putin, Poot Scootin' Boogie. Oh, hey, we got a caller. Maybe the caller, uh, maybe can tell us what's so fucking um, dangerous about Flatty Daddy being in charge. Who knows, man? Who knows? Hey, radio, you're on the air. Hello, mighty ninth caller. Well, you're going to win something, dude, if you just uh, tell us what's happening with you. Uh, not much. Just uh, I'm finishing up the revisions of my 
book manuscripts here on the last chapter. And uh, I was sitting here uh, making fun of Glenn Greenwald and the Russia thing. And it occurred to me, I kind of forgotten about this. I not forgotten, but kind of just, you know, it kind of got caught up in the clutter of everything else that happened back then. I'd forgotten about that the FBI had been looking into the possibility that I was a paid agent of Russia and China, that they had come to this conclusion because the other Kilgore Trout, there was a uh, a blogger over at Little Green Footballs, uh, had posted a blog comment to that effect, that I was a paid agent of Russia and China. He'd, he'd come to this conclusion uh, because I was supporting WikiLeaks at the time. He thought Barrett Brown was a paid agent of Russia because at the time you supported WikiLeaks. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, so so this guy had posted this message. His name is Kilgore Trout, too, because I guess he, like, I'm sure there's a lot of Kilgore Trout monikers because Kurt Vonnegut is very popular. Breakfast of uh, Champions. So, yeah. So rather than, I've never actually read him as Kurt Vonnegut, except for like one, I bet I didn't like it. Uh, so like rather Vonnegut. than like, you know, Rather than like let's let's like do their due diligence, let's say okay, let's figure out that we're at least asking the right random internet guy uh, about this knowledge he supposedly has about this international incident where this journalist is being paid by the the Chinese Chicoms or the Ruskies. Let's just go find a Kilgore Trout randomly on the internet. Just mention Barrett Brown. Let's go fly out and talk to him at a bookstore. And uh, it is it just struck me because you know there's there's certain people out there whining about oh McCarthyism and. I'm being accused of being a Russian agent, and I just realized that I've actually been accused of being a Russian agent by the FBI and fucking, and had it kind of, you know, been in, in a situation in which probably a little bit more more uh, risk involved than there was for, say, Glenn Greenwald, who, you know, who people call a Russian agent a lot, but they do it on Twitter, and no one's got a, he's not looking down at any prison sentence. So, uh, to that end. Um, they never came at us. We have a Soviet Union domain extension, and they've never accused us of being yeah. agents. Right, right. Well, Thomas Friedman back in the day, uh, you know, thought said proclaimed Putin to be the greatest guy, the American reformer, and he even a couple in fact, 2005, he criticized the U.S. for spying on Russia because, as he said, there's really nothing we really need to know about the Russians. And of course, he didn't get investigated by the FBI either because that's not what this is really about. Uh, Anyway, uh, but so anyway, so so you know, because I'm making one of my, I'm writing one of my convoluted sentences here with lots of clauses and all that, and and saying you know pursuant to this and therefore that, and I was just uh, I like that word. I pursuant. couldn't find the I couldn't find the, I, I couldn't find the old article that you had written that, a few weeks after that that meeting with the FBI agent. My mom read it to me over the phone when I was in prison there. Uh, I liked the line, just the whole thing about the girl you're talking to says i hope he doesn't drag you away and poison you and then you're like you know to this after this bizarre incident which i have not done justice blah blah i thought that, that was a good line i even i laughed at that when i heard it over the phone um the point is though that uh i was trying to find that article i couldn't find it at first but then i found it after i sent a message to hate sec so i just wanted to make sure it was there so i could if i, if I mention it in passing like you know it's there's it's all documented and all that. So that was the reason for my uh, message earlier. But I also wanted to know, was there anything else specifically that you can tell me about or be willing to tell me about that they, that they asked you about? I'm just, I'm curious since it's, it's all over now. Um, like, is there anything else interesting that struck out at you or was it just? Oh, yeah. They brought up QAnon back then. They were talking about QAnon. Oh, yeah. They were like, listen, 
Nope. We've got this AI program called QAnon. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's going to do some big things for the world. And Kilgore is like, nah, it won't. Did they admit that QAnon is... Um, so I've, I've had a lot of coffee tonight, and it's all wearing off, so I can't be I'm not as cute and funny as I was. Coffee's like. wearing off. I'm going to have to be your, your, your straight man. Flatty um, Daddy has control of uh, fucking the president. So he's, he's a Russian agent, man. The goddamn president is a Russian agent. Well, I know. well everyone is nowadays. We've, we've had Saudi agents in the past. We had both George Bushes, and this guy's a Russian agent. And obviously, I plan on that kind of thing. But, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, it, was, it was pretty obvious, you know, from even back before the election, like even from prison where I was relying on, like, you know, having to ask questions and have articles in me. And there, was, there was enough evidence there to at least suspect that yeah maybe there this was a legitimate story and that it wasn't just some crazy deep state conspiracy made up out of whole well holy shit propaganda is so cheap nowadays with social media that you know even a guy like vlad can uh, cook up a culture changing meme on the daily and they put the money into it then they did right well, back then with persona management and all that, at least that was a well, like that was a nuanced, very high-end, refined, you know, program where you actually have some some technology there and blah. Oh, that blah, was blah. a well-oiled machine. Now the Russians are flooding them with cheap little bots, and they're not, you know, you can tell they're bots, and it's just, you know, it's not, not quite as. Uh, it never mattered. Bot they nation. didn't have to go to that that length. There was no need for it. Well, they, they, just so cheap ass for, old for, old school for, style yeah. propaganda. Nothing else than that. It's just fucking yeah. good ads. I love so a good ad. It's really a finesse, a finesse thing. It's like a boutique, you know, thing. It's not for just you know convincing people yeah. in Alabama the blacks are going to come. You know, like it's it's you know it's it's for specialty specialty uh, objectives. So you wouldn't you wouldn't really want to use it for for Twitter. Shit. Um, there you go. Uh, Still got that document you wrote up for me back then, uh, Hillary Clinton regarding the Odyssey program. That was a good one. I don't know if I don't know if you recall the, uh, the document. Did, did you publish a document under Barrett's name, Bill? No, no, no. Which one? Document, the Hillary Clinton one? No, this was after I came with the Romus Coin stuff. He read the Romus Coin thing and he wrote a document. And I think some one of my one of the people on the little project pursuant or project PM uh, IRC chat was like, "Look, oh my God, look at this!" And it was like, it was this thing that was clearly kind of bait intended for me about Hillary Clinton herself overseeing the Odyssey renewal from Romo's coin and blah, blah. And, uh, <laughs> no, the, the one, the one who actually used my name was the weird, but the very strange Neil Rathauser guy who, who released a, a, a bunch of files supposedly from the uh, chamber of commerce and had the password. Like it was a oh, password. I remember on that. There's a yeah. Text file, right, there's a text file with, and it's like, it just says, here's the password. It's Barrett Brown. Like, that may you have know, been the first time I heard of Neil Rauhauser. Now that we bring him up, let's let's shift gears into Neil Rauhauser mode here because yeah, yeah. yeah let's get a bunch of tweets from cats for the next for, for six all the weeks. Listeners out there, there's this guy Neil Rauhauser on the internet, and he, you know, that meme with uh, Charlie Day from Always Sunny, right? Where he's like looking at this. Neil Rauhauser is that guy personified on the internet in anonymous. He's got this giant 
uh, nonsensical kind of flow chart up on his wall. And I've seen pictures of it with thousands of post-it notes. And um, Like he's solving the world's fucking problems right, with this had, wall. He had the whole network of all the world's influence right there in one... And he could change it with the shift of a post-it note. Right. But Neil, Neil Rehauser is one of the few people who were actually not there to troll, per se, that was actually kicked, out, kicked off of Daily Coast. And I'm one of the others. Uh, it's hard to do. You have to be really... Uh, He's not there to what? To troll? Uh, What's he there Neil Rehauser is a Democratic Party sort of kind of loyalist or something and was perhaps... Uh, slightly involved with like a congressional aide at some point, but maybe not. And well, at any rate, like was a a real big. Right. He, he was, he and the, guy, the other guy who used to be editor at Raw Story, and then he went crazy. Uh, oh, yeah. Ron uh, Brin. Yeah, his, his adversary. Yeah, uh, yeah Ron Brinner. They're adversaries, they, uh, they both, yeah. Sorry, That's they were, true. They were waging a, uh, a complex post-cyberpunk shadow war against each other over the Wienergate stuff for many years, and there were a lot of casualties on all the <laughs> Uh, from what we can determine, it's a lot, lot of dick still, pics floating around lot, out lot, there. A lot of fog of war there still, but yeah, those those are the two people that you don't ever want to mention their name online because. Uh, now, Ron Brin is not the Charlie Day type of conspiracist. Ron Brin. Now, why is, is that? Kind of like a junk Dell Ramones type of freakout case. Like if you had a story of a journalist going from top of his game to the very bottom of the barrel. And it was like a intense drama, and it was set in, you know, somewhere in New York City or New Jersey or whatever, with your typical, you know, New Jersey type of guy or New York. I'm not even sure. You know, see, I know they have a big rivalry, but sometimes I can't tell the damn difference. Why can't you talk about them on the internet without it well, turning into oh, a shitstorm? Well, this is going to be a big. Down, you're going to attract them, and then you're suddenly yep, going to be going. approached by like. If you mention Neil Rather's name, you're going to be approached by all kinds of different personas. Yeah, it's you know, the Subasco hey, effect. It's, it's the Subasco Yeah, they just come out of nowhere. And if I say her yeah, name one more time, that's it. We're going to get nuked yeah. by a flood. She'll call us with her robot-like voice and threaten us with lawsuits. This that's is all Subasco. she does. <laughs> Is this hate sick? Sue Besco wrote me some letters when I was in prison. I'm, oh, right. I, I'm, I'm, I understand that she has some connection to this uh, free and on thing, or maybe oh. does or didn't, and they all got in a fight and are now in a inconsequential uh, but uh, tragic conflict amongst each other. Uh, Sue Basco is in a conflict with God himself. Fighting like animals. Clawing at the yeah, eyes. Oh, fuck. Um, Scratching yeah. at the floorboards. They, uh, no, Ron Bryan, here's, here's something bizarre. Uh, you know, he, he is distinctive from his other people because he it was, did once hold a, a position that was like somewhat prominent at Ross Store. He was an editor at Ross Store when it first started. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I actually, here's the thing I actually met Ron Bryan, uh, probably about two years before. This whole stuff would happen with, without realizing until later because I, I applied to Raw Story for a writing job when I was in, back in 2009 or something and talked to him over the phone and found he was kind of just found him to be kind of like kind of a strange guy. 
uh, during the interview process. And needless to say, I didn't get the job. But uh, yeah, and then two years later, he's 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 uh, I'm seeing messages about how I hacked his computer. Why'd you uh, hack his computer? So yeah, what? I don't know. I, I'm what? not sure actually. I think it's probably passion. Oh, you must be pretty talented to be able to hack Neil Rauhauser's computer. Well, as I, I've seen, I've seen articles that that confirm that I am a talented hacker. So, um, and not just on your site. And articles that uh, confirm that you hacked sure. Neil Rauhauser's computer. Well, a few people yep. know it, but Bear Brown himself is creating a artificial intelligence neural network trained on all the different leaks around the internet. Pursuance and project. What it does is it takes all the secrets in to a neural network and spits out uh, new secrets that they might be true. They're probably true because their AI made them, right? They're definitely true, or at least you think they are. It's, it's like good deep, truth. deep, deep, uh, deep. I believe it. That's what it's called. Deep you after it, chasing it. What's happening, dude? When is that shit getting published? When are you going to publish your uh, pursuance project? Um, when are we going to publish the pursuance project? I mean, like the the software for it? Yeah, when's it coming out? I've seen the demo on GitHub. And I'm I'm watching eagerly for a new a new commit. Well, that that on GitHub is the old. That's the version that was originally created for us. That wasn't quite what we needed, and uh, so that's not really the thing. Uh, we had to, oh. we had to get a new uh, lead developer. So um, we were also advised by this group that is our fiscal sponsor now. This other nonprofit that's kind of helping us with all the helping us do things confidently. Uh, God's not equipped to do. To uh, redo the architecture and all that, and do these other steps first, and then and then program it. You know, when we have the developer in a few months, so it'll be a little ways away later this year, probably before just it's ready to to uh, start pumping out those neural networks and absorbing the energy of, of human cell batteries and and regurgitate them into and our drive. mouths. It would be the baby birds waiting for the fruits of that coming off your tits. And there was a line from The Matrix I saw in the theater when I was real high, when I was a, when I was a, a younger a younger person, and uh, so it's never I've never uh, been able to forget it. The uh, guy walks into Neo's apartment, and Neo goes, "You ever had that feeling where you think you're half dream, half sleeping?" And he goes, "Yeah, man, it's called mescaline. It's the only way to fly." I yeah, I can't wait to see what. Project Pursuance looks like next. It's the only way to fly, I'll tell you that. So we're already on to 2.0. We have a whole alpha version that's been abandoned. And uh, we're in architecture coming. Yeah, there's a new lead developer. His name is Neo. He's he got us. In a, in a late 90s envisioned cyberpunk um, underground hip-hop sensibility kind of environment. Like Sushi K. Understand. He wears dark glasses. <laughs> uh, his dialogue is written for him by a couple of weird furries. And uh, he, uh, you know, he's, he's out there making th- things happen. Um, no, I'm not going to actually discuss anything about pursuance with you because uh, it's just, uh, I don't see any uh, 
I don't see any legitimate purpose to do so. I'd rather talk about uh, Ron Bryant. That's perfect. We rather listen. And or Jennifer Emick. Now, when you um, <laughs> applied for Raw Story and you had to go through uh, Ron Brenner, who was big man over there. He was a big shot. What did you think of him? What was your first impressions? You know, this is the so Ron Brenner so, before the fall that I've never known. Right. This is. I mean, yeah. This is back. This is back when he was allegedly a, a you know entirely you know sensible professional, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, all I remember was, you know, I was talking on the phone for about for about 10 minutes, and I just remember him being kind of uh, overly uh, uh, offended that I that I'd applied for the job because I didn't have any experience as a newspaper man. I had just written for, like, freelance articles and columns and stuff for magazines and websites. And You think he was uh, shit-testing you? Basically, he decided I would never make it as a, as a real... Uh, commentator and so did you tell him you know, to fuck off and get outraged and have a big conflict no i was i was i was kind of just kind of uh i was a little, a little confused uh really wasn't you know uh just didn't really know what to uh didn't know what to say as i recall i don't really i don't remember a lot about it did uh, you go I, gossip I about him to neil rauhauser no this is before neil rauhauser came on the scene uh you know it, it you know, from my standpoint, uh, this was pre-Rauhauser. Rauhauser showed up, showed up in 2010 uh, with with still, an entourage of cat accounts. Uh, bean dogs, bean dogs, right? Yes, he has a he has a team of beautiful women that kind of like do missions for him and all that, laying around his house and at parties. That, that I can tell you. Well, the ones I uh, saw weren't all that beautiful, but I follow you. No, well, trust me, trust me. Uh, you don't get you don't get to become a moderately something. I, I don't know what to call the guy. That's a weird thing. Like when uh, they, have he, Neil Rauhauser's kind of because he, have they approached he you? Really, he's, he's not a troll as such, but he's not a he's, he's not an actual Democratic Party operative, and he's not really an FBI informant. But he's all of those things and like several other things. Jesus Christ! And he behaves I like a. Has, He's like, like David Bowie of the online yeah, trolling. He's just—he's this ghost that wisps <laughs> around. He's the, My he's, God, this is he's, terrifying. He's a, uh, he's a visionary in some ways. A visionary. Uh, I mean, to give his credit, he was doing a lot of this like online sock puppet like shit to a really to a really extensive degree, probably before uh, probably before the Russians had gotten the idea to to do it. Um, yeah, he was banging. The Russians realized uh, that the low effort stuff was really pays off much more in the long, you know, per per dollar than this high yeah, effort, uh, you know, you. private contractor bullshit. Yeah, I mean, that's and how it they, works. That's it's how, working like, one really World War well. II. I mean, even World War II using the same shit. Like, let's just, you know, they, you don't need to have all these fancy. B2 well, rockets and atom bombs. You just need we've lots, still got Navajo code talkers. We still have that. Oh, and uh, they're under threat from this boy with this face. Did you see this boy with this face that was so racist it exploded the internet? The MAGA face? Uh, I did. I did MAGA did. face. And then, you know, and then I saw the, 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 the black Israel, Israelites. Uh, Were you there when I that happened? There. No, but I've I've been coming across black Israelites in several different cities over the years. It's always it's always a it's great. It's always really great, you know. What is um, what's great about that? 
it's just it's something new you know it's not something you're like oh i know what this guy believes i can i can probably guess his his beliefs do they tell you how they got in got into to what to into israel. israel and like oh i mean i can i they imagine the one of the lost tribes and this is proven by uh, a phrase from the old testament I, that's, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of uh, deducing there with incomplete information. But uh, they're very, they're very active in the community. They're out there with the, with the, with the really confusing poster boards. And now, are doing, these, you know, they're doing. Stuff. Are these guys really Ethiopian Jews, or are they, no, they're not. No, or are not. they just black guys in America no, who have no, taken no, over not, to no. an ideology? Literally, yeah. Literally, none of them are Ethiopians. Literally, none of them have any connection to Judaism whatsoever. But uh, what, what's they, their tack? I, I, you know, he was saying things that were, you know, inflammatory, although actually not too controversial now in the, uh, you could call them the radical left. Yeah, they, uh, they have a, a sort of a, 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 a useful, a very effective little sort of technique whereby they just yell stuff that's really offensive and kind of confusing, and then you'll stop and listen. And the objective is to occasionally recruit an actual black guy who's passing by, uh, even as they like call him racial epithets. Say, hey, big boy. You want in on a chosen religion or what, big boy? It's, it's something like that. Uh, little. Um, Misaki Saki Fadara. They do oftentimes have Korean accents for some reason. I'm not sure why, but uh, it's one of those weird things. They, uh, I don't know, they have a confused view of, of even of even of wrong history. Like they have a confused view of like you know, biblical history and stuff. So this ultra orthodox uh, guy uh, walked by. He's like, "Hey, are you Jewish?" And I said, "No." So he thinks like, "Ah, oh, this guy just turned away from Judaism," and he gives me his like ultra orthodox card. And it's like you gotta start hating gay people and stuff. It's like, what the fuck kind of proselytizing is this? It's like, don't oh, I kill. The, I, saw the, I saw one of those. He was, he was. I was with this girl who looked like she could have been perhaps Jewish by descent, and was like asking her to take this card. And I was like, hey, let me give a card. He's like, no, you can't have one. No, that's not for you. Well, I guess not. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know at the time. Like, I, didn't, I didn't know what people were doing. Yeah, go find a chick track somewhere, Christ's sake. <laughs> Get out of my face. Yeah, stay in your own lane with those I, chick I, tracks. I, I, actually, I never actually found any chick tracks. Oh, no, you never bought a soda out of a machine and been like, what's this little comic book? And you read it, and it's like this horrific, uh, uh, you know, rape and you know, you see Muslims like, yeah, here's it looks like a little co- fun little comic child. book. <laughs> it's not a fun little comic at all, though. It's these stories about. No, I've, read, I've, read all, I've read all of them now. I'm very, I'm very, I would like, to, I'd like to uh, think that I'm very conversant with the entire opus, the, the entire canon of Chick Tracks. Uh, you know, the best one, of course, is the, is where they go to the gay pride parade and uh, the dad explains to them about Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, if they threaten to kill them, the gays do. Uh, yeah, they, don't care they, for go that. To, they go to they for some reason they're in, they're in, they're at Mecca for some reason these two Christians, and like he had his dad happens to know that oh they're worshiping their moon god son, and the Muslims like I could kill you for saying that because Islamic law says so according to this footnote that 
that Jack Chick put in that may very well be accurate, actually. Kind of think of it. And uh, then they get into conflict. But it's, it's, you know, there's, there's only one Dark Dungeons, which was rife for parody. Chick's um, stuff was well annotated. It was thorough. It was it's very thoroughly thoroughly researched. Um, yeah, Kilgore and I used to fucking collect and trade those things out of the soda machines and shit. Should tell them where, about where, the, where are you from? You would find these soda machines. Like what, what part of the country? Southwest Virginia. Virginia. Now we also drove out into the country farther out. You know we're in a small city here, but we drive out to Richmond, the big city, but in between. I mean, there's nothing there except some good old boys. And we would find these uh, big baskets full of uh, tapes, full of evangelists, right? Oh, yeah, we did. And we ended up calling the guy who was copying these. They were just terrible. Uh, We can barely tell what the guy was saying. He was doing it out of the church basement or something. I mean, you know, that's that's all right. We called him and uh, made him uncomfortable on the phone. No, we had a long you had a long talk with him about um, I attacked him getting some getting some tapes. Right? Yeah, but I attacked him. I came he at him. hundreds of his tapes, and yeah, you. I mean, I think he by the end he was like a cornered animal, ready to bite. It was ugly. <laughs> he might have it might have started that. One. It may have been the. the hey. Hey, Barry, you remember when you told uh, Kilgore um, to have me call you, and then I called you, and you asked Kilgore why I prayed called you? <laughs> I, I remember something that, that, could be, that could be that, yeah, I think so. I think so. Boy, that was uh, maybe uh, seven years ago to the day. Now... A lot of things have changed. You've been through the, the slammer. How come you didn't get turned into a Nazi by the Aryan nation? Isn't that what's like supposed Weave to happen? Did? Yeah, Weave was turned into a Nazi, I think, by the prison system. Or was he always a Nazi? Barrett, are you a yeah, Nazi? Weave, well, from my understanding, remember that Jay Lederman, you know, was was his deal, and Lederman visited me in prison. He wasn't my lawyer, but he visited me in like 2013 or so, and told me some stuff. And so I'd known him at Secretary Dramatica back in 2007. And back then he wasn't like notably like it's, it wouldn't be surprising years later, like, Oh, now he's a Nazi, but like, it just wasn't, there was nothing about him that was particularly Nazi like back then. Uh, but yeah, you know, he, he had, he had been in a cab with that horrible little, uh, what's your name? The, uh, the, uh, uh, no, you know, the one that the one who was in the PayPal, the, what's her name? The, the one photogenic one of the PayPal 14, she got Stanley Cohen as a lawyer. Oh, I remember her. Mercedes she was, was in all the documentaries. Mercedes. Anyway, she was Mercedes. In, she was in a cab. Yeah, Mercedes. Yeah. Nuts. Uh, even she was. She and him were in a cab with Jay Lederman, and like the and the cab driver was speaking of the devil, an Ethiopian Jew. And uh, from what from uh, the, the way that Jay Lederman <laughs> phrased it, it was clear to them when they stepped in the cab at this point that that was going to be a hell of a ride. So I gleaned from that that he was. Had been uh, a a known racist before prison, before he actually started doing his time. But I'm sure the uh, you know I'm sure the he did not uh, get a lot of anti-racist outreach from from uh, college students while in prison, and so they weren't able to save him from descending into full Nazism. 
No, and it so, really seemed to um, be the moment when everyone perceived him as racist was when he was released yeah, I mean, I, from yeah, prison. I think, I think he had, I think he had stuff going on already from what I've heard from, there's some people around that are doing the documentary that Hacker Wars and, you know, they threw him in the Hacker Wars documentary because well, they had, uh, that, we had know, a, they, they didn't have act, they had much access to Hammond by that point. Yeah. I was in prison too. They were relying on like phone conversations and stuff. And even my lawyer told, told the woman to stop. He didn't want me talking to her anymore because he didn't like her. Basically, what it was. Uh, so they had to have somebody, and, and so we're still out. And he's arguably an activist because he uh, told Gawker about how AT&T had fucked up something up, and voila. So he had, uh, he was become an activist. And so there's articles in the New York Times and whatnot proclaiming Weave as a as a as a uh, what's the term I'm looking for? What they, they use a gadfly, you know, who, who's there to right. help society. I remember <laughs> I remember that guy and I don't think that's quite the case um, yeah I don't remember Socrates uh, going on any kind of megalomaniac egomaniac type of uh, spiritual rants about the nature well of, you're actually misremembering then if you don't remember that because he did but Plato should have written that no he would, he would um, just ask questions right he's always a you would just have these dialogues. Just ask these like, dumb yeah, fucking you know, open well, questions. I'm a dumb fuck, but uh... <laughs> I remember we're getting this Plato who, who had his own sort of little agenda there, and so we were kind of. I bet Plato just wanted the pussy. Although we do know from the trial, Socrates, we know from the sources of the actual trial, we we have a sense that he probably he was kind of he did have those general ideas for the most part, but um, you know. It's a self-taught uh, questioner. Yeah, um, kind of a propagandist. He's like, it just occurred to me that whites were the superior race, and Jews well, the least, the most inferior. Now I've read on um, forums that Weave actually suffers from Williams' uh, disorder, which is a um disorder which kind of is not that easy to recognize but these people are overly socially gregarious in inappropriate ways they're short they're elfin looking and he uh, is that you know you can look and, at all the symptoms of williams uh disorder and it's just we've we've you know yeah you know you take them all off they're all there his mom said he's not medicated and he's supposed to be the thing is, there was some great stuff from back in the 2007 Dramatica days where Weave, and so we, Weave is not what I was, he's not like an ingenious comedian, he's not like, you know, like it's a, a wild talent, really humorous, but there there are certain kinds of like trolling and that kind of thing, which he was just, just excelled at, like just, just in, his, in his kind of own blunt way. Like he, he, of course, he could do stuff that a lot of us more squeamish types just couldn't bring ourselves to do, um, you know, and, and or would not have thought of, because it's kind of stupid, but it, it, it was funny. Like he told these, these early YouTubers, there's one guy called Argent009. In fact, I bet there's still stuff on that. Super Dramatic, I guess, still exists. There should be a page on that guy. Argent009. He was this big former wheel, uh, wrestler in a wheelchair who was just an, obviously a, a, you know, a very enthusiastic YouTuber. And uh, he's, we even these other guys, Super Dramatic, would like just threaten to like fly planes into his house and stuff. And he would report them as threats and he'd make all these videos like rock music we're fighting back now and going to war and he had like wore like dragon shirts it was really um oh the, the other thing he did, we did actually so 
one of his big his big uh one of his major routines was was just libeling people it was like it was some guy who that was i guess notorious for having arguments on bulletin boards and he just wrote out this thing like i want to kill six million dunes signed you know what this guy's name was and then one time he called the guy when the guy complained about the second dramatic article which, which often happened and he recorded the conversation for us and uh he, he claimed that he was the attorney at Laurel for Tucker Dramatica and was like selling this crazy stuff. And the guy's like, oh, I, I can tell you, I can tell you a reasonable man. I can tell you a reasonable man. And, uh, you know, I, I really can't do it justice. Like I'm, I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of sad that, that I even, you know, try to narrate that. Uh, well, speaking really, of it's encyclopedia. Like, oh, that doesn't sound very funny, but trust me, it's very, very funny. If you see it, you see the context, you really have to, you know, it's like a dramatic. You really, you really got to, you know, get the whole, Barrett, oh, says, Barrett says the coffee's wearing off. Speaking of Encyclopedia Dramatica, though, um, Christian has been on a 24-hour um, Twitter meltdown. Yeah, um, he's really working them and, over. Uh, he's posting pictures of himself being trolled by people. You know, he's got nudes of himself posted on his own feed right now. Well, he's a woman now, too. That's why well, I mean so she, it's brave. Christina, Christina Chan. Sorry, it's empowering and it's brave. Uh, you can say Christian for short. That's not um, yeah. misnaming. But um, now let me read this tweet. But he's got so a hell of a four and a half years since the last time. For everyone's combined internet abuse efforts to break me again, I'm on no sleep tonight, and melatonin's not working either. No, that was last night. She says. Melatonin no sleep nightmares. For scum. Chris Chan, um, I don't know if you followed Chris Chan, but Chris Chan has predicted, uh, much like QAnon, there's going to be a merger between two different universes and, and a shift and a tremendous change. And I think, reading into it a little bit, um, Chris Chan's fantasy world of Sonic the Hedgehog Sonic Hedgehog stuff, yeah. Sonic and, yeah, no, I'm not, and Pikachu combined. That's actually a real universe that's going to merge with ours. Yeah, they're going to intersect, and this is going to be a big fucking thing. He well, keeps saying it's just around the corner. You know the real was, funny thing about Chris Chan? He said Christian? it was going to happen last year. He said it was yeah, going to happen last year. He keeps saying it's going to happen. It's like yeah. the year 2000. Dude, but his dude, fucking... It's a crisis now. It's a crisis. Fuck him. You remember when... Uh, his dad was dying. This was right as Chris Chan was just growing into, like, hey, I wear diapers and stuff and play with little toys in the floor. And this man is, like, sick and dying. And you can see him wandering around in the background of these Chris Chan videos. He's like, can I please just have a normal fucking life as I die? He's trying to regress. Yeah. He's trying to do his regression thing. Yeah, at the, at the same time. And it's like, what the fuck, dude? Can you just... You know, there's a guy behind you. Could you get out of your head for a minute and, like, let that guy die with dignity before you get into all this wearing diapers and pissing yourself and Sonic cartoons and stuff? <laughs> Could you let well, the guy go? In, in, in the first video he did, way back in 2007 or 2008, uh, in which he was outside of his house or some house uh, telling children about how they should acquire a My Little Pony in order to understand the female anatomy uh, and shouldn't smoke cigarettes. And he wished he could send all the tobacco straight to the moon. And uh, that was yeah, a yeah. big kind of, kind of breakout hit. And uh, it looked like it was a pretty, pretty nice little suburban, you know, whatever. 
the house. And then, uh, innocent. You know, so he was the image of innocence. And that was what was kind of funny about him. Right. And then, yeah, uh, well, there was always a, uh, there was always a, uh, he was like a Richard, the Richard Nixon of, of, uh, early YouTube, uh, uh, disturbed people. Uh, you could tell there was a, uh, it was, a, it was a very ambitious, very uh, ruthless side to him, and I think that came out uh, when he started pursuing his uh, the uh, girl uh, boyfriend free girls, uh, as he called them, and uh, you know, was wearing his custom made Sonic the Hedgehog medallion. Uh, you could tell he was going to be something like he was going to be somebody to watch, basically, from the very beginning. It's funny you mentioned Richard Nixon because his latest uh, drawing says analysis anarchy in this large block lettering that almost looks too good for him. And there's a picture of Sonic here with, I am the red spy for real, and that is reality, and I'm zapping it up. And he's making the the victory sign with one of his hands. It's funny that you should mention Nixon, especially in this moment. With uh, You noticed Roger Stone made the... uh, victory sign of nixon after his re- from after the resignation we think our, our analysts nice said uh that, uh that he's uh giving us the middle finger with that basically he's telling us uh we did it and yeah. fuck you Go and fuck we're yourselves. gonna get away with it yeah that's what he's saying what are they gonna what's gonna happen to trump once vladimir putin is done with him and trump has served his purpose and they're finished he's just a husk and piss tapes come out. That's what happens, and America is shamed for uh, all of history. Uh, I mean, this could range from anything to he makes a deal to resign and get immunities for his immediate family, and he most likely it could be something yeah. like he flees in a helicopter to like what he thinks is Russia, and it's you know fucking Costa Rica, and he gets nabbed there. I mean, anything can happen. So. Uh, I'll tell you one thing though. There's, there's uh, you're familiar with what what it was that Roger Stone, the specific charges he got and why he got them, including the uh, witness tampering one, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's, yeah, he threatened to he threatened to kidnap uh, this guy Randy Credico's dog, uh, his little his little emotional dog. He he and he even made a video that, that this was public. This part and he now this Credico character, we need to give our listeners some background on him. He's uh, associated uh, with Anonymous, right? No, he was, he was associated with WikiLeaks. And I went on his uh, program, on, he had a WBNY program up there uh, up until recently. And uh, he used that up sort of as a sort of a mouthpiece for uh, for WikiLeaks. And so when I first got out, and I was still kind of confused about what was going on, and I uh, wasn't really ready to, to uh, jump one way or the other, uh, I, I had me go on there and help him do fundraisers, fucking Assange. <laughs> And uh, he was he was a very colorful guy, uh, you know, to to an extent that is that is rather unbelievable even to me. And I've and I feel like I've seen some things. Uh, and you know, just a, just a weirdo. And uh, he sent me a bunch of messages in 2017, 2018. Uh, obviously, we started feuding at some point after I criticized Assange. Uh, but he sent me a bunch of messages asking for advice about his. Uh, the subpoenas he was now getting. Uh, now he was sending these messages against, first of all, to me, a person who, uh, by law, has his internet use monitored by court order. Uh, he did it over Facebook Messenger uh, at a time when he himself was was a 
little cog and, and sort of a partial center of scrutiny in an international incident involving uh, the two former superpowers that almost destroyed each other uh, during the last century uh, at a time when he was getting subpoenas and was clearly somebody who was a weak link that could be used to get testimony against Trump and WikiLeaks and whatnot. So the messages asking about how he should handle a subpoena and uh, that kind of thing, asking me for advice. And so that, that's the kind of people that, that, uh, that were involved in this. And, uh, you know, uh, he also quoted me the Godfather. He said, I, I was asking him, like, hey, are you, like, were you actually involved? Like, was Roger, did you do what Roger Stone said he did? Or, or some variation of that? And he was like, no, no, none of it's true. I swear to you on the souls of my grandchildren. And then he writes, that's a line from the Godfather. Yeah. So these guys are, like, quoting the Godfather left and right. And like they're doing yeah, their Bible. In the, in the, in the, yeah, it's in the indictment. They fucking Roger Stone quoted it to him. Yeah. Like, it must have, it made a real, this is the golden age of cinema, 1970s. So he's going to go to prison and just watch Godfather on repeat and just be like, hey, guys, won't God want to watch Godfather tonight? Godfather 2, it's Godfather 3? You guys want to cut onions and make our own soup and stuff like we're in Goodfellas? We got garlic. We're going to cut it thin. Yeah, wait till he realizes they're all going to watch Scarface when they have an option and that it's going to be AMC on and training day is going to be on every single day for every well, that's, day that he's there. That's going to be Texas. This is prison, and where, where's Roger Stone live? They get to see no file. If he's in the well, South, I mean, it's going to be dirty here. Where Roger Stone goes, yeah, he, he could go any, any number of places. It's a, federal, it's a federal offense, so he's not necessarily going to you know, somewhere in Florida. He's well, if he ends someplace. up in Texas, he's going he's gonna to be watching. Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, well, he can be, he can be shot caller for the, for the whites. You know, he can be shot caller for the Aryans someplace. He'll, he'll do well. They can tie him to a radiator and just whip him with a piece of rubber hose. They watch American History X. Well, uh, Barrett. No, they don't. It's not really. It's, it's not really a good Nazi movie for actual Nazis, cause, you know. Just, yeah, what uh, are the actual Nazis like to no, watch? Like, uh, what's the movie? Uh, they like to watch Burning. the Discovery Steel Channel, like shows full metal jacket, working on cars. Uh, they like to watch shows about Alaska and gold and digging for gold and repairing oh, cars, and making those duck calls. Anything about anything about people working. <laughs> duck know. Dynasty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that one too. Yeah. <laughs> Not because the guy's racist, but just because it's another show about people doing like hick shit. You yeah, know, makes them duck calls, that. man. So, Barrett, what's got you uh, calling into Hey Radio tonight? Well, yeah, like I said, originally I was uh, I wanted to get you to uh, show me where that article was you've written about the FBI thing, and then I found it after I had my little girlfriend there sent me that message, and then I got the little message from you with a number, and I said, you know what, I didn't get where I am today by thinking through what I'm doing on the internet, so let me just call this number and just just talk. Just pull, so, just a couple good old boys on the internet on the other end of the line. Just a bunch of uh, bunch of guys out on the out on the town. What? Just a, it's a real sausage fest on this phone line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tonight's episode of Radio Hate is brought to you proudly by Doctor Troubadour's diet advice for the modern American man. I know we could all use some work on our diets. Absolutely. The uh, so Troubadour's diet advice for the is uh, he says just don't worry about it, bro. We're not trying to make you feel bad for being fat. If you want to die early, that's on you. He says, it's really none of my business. 
Let me ask you a question. Uh, what ever happened to Jennifer Anderson? It's kind of a non-committal sort of diet advice from Dr. Trooper. <laughs> Whatever happened to who? Jennifer Emmett. She was the, the, the she back trace. Familiar. She discovered Sabo's identity, but probably didn't. She was an FBI informant. And she used to be with Anonymous. And she, she had her, her Twitter name was Fake Greg Housh. Yeah, she just disappeared. I never Housh. even noticed Fake Greg Housh left. Oh, well. That's odd. So where is uh, are you Jennifer Emick? Is that what you're trying to say? None of your fucking business. I'm not in this interview right now. That's um. Oh, with the jester, he he came out apparently a few months ago. He came out. Lived in Dallas the whole time. I mean, he he came out as who he was, which was an ex-military guy living in Dallas. Who and he's gay uh, too, right? I don't know. He came out as gay. And um. Little known fact, he's actually a juggalo, and um, that that led him to take his. That's true. To the jester thing, yeah, he would go to those yeah. juggalo that's festivals. He, that's why he took the identity he did. He he's been to the, he's always live tweeted um, from the gathering. The gathering of the oh, juggalos and juggalettes. Somewhere, somewhere that's not you guys that I can I can verify that particular piece of information from that he was a juggalo. He'll tell you. He, oh, he's proud of it. If you yeah. really, I mean, it's not often everyone comes up and asks him, but if you're like, hey man, are you down with the clown? You a hatchet freak? They'll be like, fuck yeah. There, there was this guy in, in prison, this white guy, obviously, that was a judge well and had a hatchet man tattoo and freestyle wrapped back oh, yeah. one time. And uh, what do you go there for, hatcheting his old lady? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's for being a. Being one of those very ostensible drug dealers that are that talk about how they're drug dealers mm-hmm. a lot and they go to jail. Yeah, um, wears the rings and stuff. Did he? Uh, suburban guy. Yes. What was his deal? He was just a douchebag, freestyle rap. Um, was he good? Did you beatbox for him? It's one of those things where I really can't. If you if you had seen what I'm talking about, you'd be like, oh my god, that's crazy. But you know, as it is, there's really, you know. Did he have face tattoos? No, he didn't actually. Did he? Was he a good rapper? He was a white guy with a hatchet guy tattoo on his arm from the suburbs, and he was a freestyle rapper. So no, he was he was he was very bad. Violent J was his inspiration, and there was well, nobody to tell him not to do it. No, uh, not in the room at the time. I think when I was been, in college, I went to a private school, and I didn't really get along with the kids there. But there was this guy who lived like. Oh, quarter mile from the campus, who was a, uh, you know, face tattooed. He wasn't from Detroit or into juggalos, but he was into rap. And he, he described himself as a white black guy. So he could, so he's allowed to say that word. The same lines. Um, no, in fact, you told me that, you know, that, well, maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway. Don't commit to an answer. Twain. He he had face tattoos and everything, man. And he, he's now he he was he held the top score in the world in Resident Evil Five. You would never in some I don't know exactly what, but just in general, it, the top score in Resident Evil Five in the world. And according to himself, of, he's the type of guy. Listen, 
what I did for him is I, and this really excited him to no end, but I turned a uh, five-gallon gas tank into a bong with this gigantic um, uh, glass piece that, you know, it was, it was just beautiful. And he he really loved that thing. And, and he smoked um, crack c- cocaine out of it. Listen, he, high-powered he, maybe crack he rock. did. I, you know, I wasn't. He, he wouldn't bring me into that kind of thing because I was a college student at the time, and uh, you know, smoking an eighth of uh, dank weed all in one bong at one time—that was enough for a college kid like me. That's enough. Maybe this is enough for this show. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Jeez, we're getting off on these. Uh, getting off on these stories. This old nostalgia. I gotta, I gotta go and play Crusader Kings too. Anywhere I'm playing. Crusader Kings, yeah. Yeah. Give us a give us a short rundown of how your how your game's going. I, Are you I, I, uh, I Bohemond? Check in with us. Can you be Bohemond? I am a. Uh, I'm the Zereeds, which is a North African uh, sultan. I was Sunni, like a chump, but uh, the Fatimids invaded me, and I had no recourse but to convert to Shiism to uh, dissuade them. And now I'm actually happy I'm a Shia because uh, that's how you can join the Hashishans and, uh, oh, yeah, and assassinate can. people for the oh, cause yeah. of Shiism. So uh, that's a pretty good perk. Well, my little fellow, my fellow Shias, they occupied uh, the Vatican. Uh, this is about it's 1208 right now. In uh, 1208, this is an about 30 history. years ago, we occupied the Vatican wow. during their crusade to take Jerusalem. So we, we presumably, uh, you know, uh, watered our horses in the fonts of Saint Paul, to what you know, what have you, and uh, desecrated the uh, the Vatican. So, you know, I feel like I have done my part to. Um, to you know, discriminate against Catholics. You know, now you didn't take it over like it was. Uh, no, no, this Hagia is, this Sophia. Was a, it wasn't a conquest, but I have, I have in three prior games. You know, I can tell you right now, I have taken over the entire papacy as a Sunni Islamic power, and then converted the uh, Rome itself to uh, Sunnism. Uh, and then I went to Oklahoma and established uh, uh, Sharia law there because there was no one. No one to stop me. There's no, was, yeah. There was no wall. There was no wall yep, in that no. history. Yeah, it's all it's all Shirai there in Oklahoma these days. You know, because uh, you know, they killed because Andrew was what's his name? Who was it? Was Andrew Breitbart? Because he died, you see, and he was not able to prevent these things from occurring. Now, I remember I a few days before he died. He appeared as a uh, a few days before Breitbart died. He appeared at uh, Occupy Wall Street with all his blood veins popping out of yeah, his face. Yeah, he was yelling, stop raping people. Yeah, yeah stop exactly. Raping people, yeah. Is, yeah, I remember it well. I remember it well. And, and his um, heart, you could tell his heart was constrained. Uh, it was all he could like do a, to yell. It was like a, those, those shouts were like, you know, when you uh, bend over a, a, a garden hose and it just squirts out at this high... Just a little bit at a time, but at high pressure. That was where he... That he, was, he, was, his, he was a big Los Angeles guy, but he never really developed a local culture. 
you know, regarding the, the not dying of heart attacks and taking basic care of yourself and stuff. And that was the tradition that they kept on at Breitbart right through the days of, uh, of Ben, you know. Probably some unhealthy looking uh, motherfuckers they don't, they don't over there right now. They have high cholesterol to own the libs. Well, they all eat the keto diet to lose weight. They look they unhealthy. Just stuff on fat and meat. They're really unhealthy. Well, that's what—that's the troubadour diet. I mean, he—that's not the sort of advice I expect from a lifelong nutritionist. I'm somebody who's published books on nutrition, but he is advice presidents. I mean, he cooked keto. LSD for Tom Wolf, yeah, and uh, Steve Bannon and all these guys with their flush red fucking cheeks and. They can barely breathe, and you can hear them wheezing on camera and stuff. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's they're, true. They're I'm sick, more. man. They're sick fucking people. But what do I know? That seems seems like, like an right. episode uh, there. Yeah. Right. Thanks. It uh, was interesting. Thanks for calling in, Barrett Brown. Thank you for thank you for supporting for, uh, the the anonymous and we are legion, etc. Global global revolution. Transparency and all that Guys, stuff. Guys, trust the plan. Expect us. Uh, yeah, anyway. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good night, Barrett. Good night, goodbye. Barrett Brown. And goodbye. Goodbye, gentlemen. Princes of the evening. Seems like Dr. Troubadour would encourage people to lose weight. Maybe make a change for the better in their lives. Fuck it. Fuck them. Not, I don't Dr. give Shubador a fuck. Says. You do whatever you want to do. I'm checked out. Fuck them. I'm in Vegas at the newborn baby. Blood showers. Fuck them. It's almost 5 o'clock in the morning. We just talked to Barrett Brown for about an hour. Yeah, it's time to launch into a goddamn uh, Counter-Strike game, huh? It's been quite the day. We burned that candle in the owl for quite some time. Well... Kilgore, uh, thanks as always for your patriotism and your expertise and that grilling of Barrett Brown over his fucking Crusader King strategy. It really? seemed uh, like he was being, you know, he had quite some success. But you put his feet to the fire over the successes and you didn't, uh, you didn't let him down easy. Didn't let him off easy. But what the fuck? So that's it. This is uh, this is Radio Hate. I'm Hate Sack. Uh, this is Chronicle.su, the Internet Chronicle. Fuck off and good night. Yeah, just bear this in mind. A true friend is hard to find. Don't you mind people grinning in your face? You know your mother. We'll talk about you, your sisters and your brothers too. Yes, don't care how you're trying to live, they'll talk about you still. Yes, but by who is in mind, a true friend is hard to find. Don't you mind people grinning in your face? Don't mind people grinning in your face. Don't mind people grinning in your face. Oh, there's bad who is in mind. A true friend is hard to find. Don't you mind people grinning 
in your vein. You know they'll jump you up and down. They'll carry you all around and around. Just as soon as your back or turn, they'll be trying to crush you down. Yes, but bow this in mind. A true friend is hard to find. Don't you mind people grinning in your face? Don't mind people grinning in your face. Don't mind people grinning in your face. Oh Lord, just bow. This in mind, a true friend is hard to find. Don't you mind people grinning in your face?